he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. And you're going to split your bonus with him if you get it. No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sign of him? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money. In fair, he just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 17 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Andrew McGahan, as always, joined by the birthday boy himself, Sean Sheehan, who turned 21 for the sixth time today, I believe. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Am I right? 27? Yeah, 27, yeah. I'm shoving on now. That's very very close to 30. Jesus. Tis, I suppose. How old is everyone in Severe MMA? I don't know. Um, I'd say Graham and Pete are both, both about 30 or now. Maybe. I, I don't think Graham's 30. Is he? He's about 29, maybe 28. I would, I would have said 27. Really? I think he's older, a good bit older than me. Well, not a good bit older, but a year or two. And Pizzi, yeah. I think Pizzi is 30. Pizzi's a baby face, you see. Pizzi looks about 19. No, he, uh, he looks 25, like. Yeah, he, like, you wouldn't know. Pizzi, Pizzi could be 40, all we know, like. Gavin, Paddy, as well. They're two. I don't know, geez, I have no idea what it is there. I'd say they're 27, 28. Graham might be the oldest, though. Graham, You're the baby of the pack. Yeah, 22. Yeah. So. Look at that. I have youth on my side. You do, yeah. You'll be around when all the rest of us are dead. I'll be like, um, <laughs> the whatever that comparison is of uh, Vitor Belfort fighting for the title at 19 is the equivalent of Max Holloway <laughs> fighting You're, for the title in what? 2030? Are you saying you're the young dinosaur of Severe MMA? Yeah, exactly. And that I'm going to be on testosterone replacement therapy for the rest of my life. Get on it. He looked, he looked great at the weekend. The picture of health. Yeah, he did. He looked like me, for fuck's sake. It was really... Um, I, I was a little bit upset. Not, not by it, but it was just shows how... Maybe how many other fighters we don't know about. Or that now we're going to start finding out about that run TRT. And the effects of it when they really come off it. Hard. Yeah, it's happened with a lot of them. Like, uh, well, I, it's hard to say it about Dan Henderson because he was old anyway. But um, Bigfoot Silva is probably the other one who's like it's hit really hard. He he just looked awful after he came off it. Like, and the first fight before he came off it was the or the last fight before he came off it was the Mark One fight, the epic five round draw. So, <laughs> like, what? He wouldn't last one round with Hunt now. No, probably not. Although Hunt, you don't know how Hunt is going to come out of that beating he took a couple of weeks ago. But, like, you look at both for the weekend, um, I think a lot of people, kind of, and I include myself, said it as, when, the TR, when TRT was still legal that, um, like, if you need TRT, you should probably be retired. And I think the weekend, and I think Bigfoot Silva's performances kind of proved that. I think, like, what, what can Vitor do now if, if he comes in looking the way he is? I don't know, I don't think there's much... He won't be getting towards the title anytime soon again, anyway. Do you think he should retire? Do you think there's still exciting fights from at 185? Uh, there probably is a couple, alright, but... Yeah, I don't know, I wouldn't mind... Well, uh, who's he going like, to fight? Maybe Bisping and Dan Henderson again, but he's knocked them out already. And, like, then you're getting into the likes of Tim Boach, C.B. Dalloway, like... I'd like to really see him fight Bisping clean. Yeah... If Bisbing wins in um, 
in Scotland. Yeah, I suppose, maybe. You have the Luke Rockhold fighting as well, but Rockhold didn't want to get revenge probably, but I don't think Vitor is championship level. I think Rockhold would just wreck him now if they fought again, but it's hard to know. Like Vitor, as we said last week, <coughs> Vitor had that one bout of like <laughs> I think you put it the last bit of TRT in his veins and he came out and he like he threw hard against Weidman and um like he looked at Weidman rocked a bit at the start of the fight he landed maybe three or four shots to the body and a couple of uppercuts but um after that he just had nothing left that double leg takedown by Weidman and like once it got there it was just absolutely finished I think someone mentioned this over on Twitter that Vitor looked like an absolute amateur when it got to the ground he just like Weidman passed so easily Vitor like he couldn't hit the skip and get out I know Weidman is very good but like if you're a what is he a 20, 20 year veteran of the sport you can't like you can't even try to get out of the mount or you're, you're throwing punches from the mount like uh, I think Carl Pinderman mentioned that a couple of weeks ago there after one of the events like throwing punches from the mount is one of the most pointless things in all of MMA all it does is get you hit like you're getting no power out there you're just surviving basically so once you see if someone as experienced as Vitor Belfort doing that you know they're in big trouble yeah I thought um thought it was funny that it looked like he had no ability on the ground at all he must have just been absolutely spent considering he's the same guy that pulled guard against John Jones and almost broke his arm I mean he did break it did he yeah, well yeah he, he hurt it badly in anyway, so yeah he hurt it badly yeah. and I just think that he was done I think he came out overexerted himself went for the quick finish maybe he knew himself that he wasn't going to um, have anything left in the later rounds and I always get the sort of annoyance watching Vitor Belfort fight that when he loses you're watching that fight thinking fuck's sake if that fight had happened again in an hour it could have been different the Anderson Silva first uh, when he got knocked out with the front kick you know, after that fight, it was just like, oh, for fuck's sake, Vitor actually could have brought it to him. Just Silva caught him first. Yeah, I don't know about this one, though. I think like, I think he did throw everything he had there in the start, and it just wasn't good enough. It, see, it's tough as well, because I, you want to give Weidman credit, and like he was looking for it, he was telling people to get on the bandwagon now to, to believe in him. But this wasn't the fight. Like We said it last week as well, this, this was never going to be the fight what a, to, to like prove what Weidman is. Like, Vitor is actually, the, he's like a different human being now that he's off the TRT. Like, how can you compare him with the guy that knocked out Luke Rockwell with a spin, flying kick to the head, and knocked out Bisping, and knocked out Dan Henderson? Like, they're different human beings. He was two years out of the cage and early, no juice in his gills. <laughs> like, I don't know. Allegedly. Well, it's not allegedly. He was on TRT. Uh, he got the exemption, so... It's not allegedly at all. He was 100% honest. He admitted it. But, um, That's the most Irish you've ever sounded in your life. <laughs> oh, wait, what the I, I don't know. It just sounded like something out of a <laughs> Roddy Doyle film or something. Oh, that's Irish. The but, uh, Field. Yeah. John B. Keane's The Field. <laughs> uh, are you on the Whiteman bandwagon now? Or are, you still, are you still waiting till he fights Jackery or Rockwell one of them? I'm not going to accept his invitation to get on the bandwagon. I think you may have taken taken me up not completely wrong I do think he's absolutely amazing I just don't think he's been uh, didn't, you call him most, didn't you call him the most overrated fighter in the UFC last week that was a joke <laughs> it clearly wasn't and um, I just think that when it comes down to him he said something in his interview oh I get hit that hard in training all the time and then you're thinking 
yeah, Ray Longo seems like the type of guy in Matt's era that have, oh, we we spar hard, you know, to rep, re, uh, replicate a fight, whereas Connor is all about training smart and sparring light and listening to your body and stuff like that. I think Weidman could be putting himself maybe through a little bit more damage in his camps than he's ever going to sustain in his fight. And then you come up against someone like Rockhold or like Jacare, and you don't realise how much punishment you've taken during your camp. Didn't Chris say he had to get acupuncture? Because it, uh, does it relax him? Yeah, he was getting a 10 feet and he's not telling him. And, uh, he, he seems to have all of these fight week uh, rituals. There was also a part, I think, the first two episodes of Embedded, he wasn't in a lot. And he looked pretty shit on the scales. I was wondering, did he have a bad weight cut? Did he have a bad fight week? He seemed very agitated Friday afterwards when he was talking to Joe Rogan. Yeah, uh, I don't know, it's tough, but... The stuff's not that, I suppose, we never know. But, and, um, and the camp thing, like, I suppose you probably have a point as well because he gets injured a lot. Like, he injured his ribs there when he was, I don't know, was he sparring one by Thompson or doing, they were doing wrestling or something. Both of them injured their ribs. Uh, he had a knee injury, he broke his hand, he had a shoulder injury. Like, but the thing about it is. It could be a coincidence, but I'm just saying, from the, from the personalities that are portrayed, yeah. Um, even going to his teammates, Ally Aquinta, um, all of those guys, they just seem like the type that are the ones that are going to bite on their gum shield and keep going until they get hurt too much. So and maybe it's going to... And saying motherfucker. Maybe it's going to affect uh, Chris Weidman. People are saying, oh, he's... Well, there's 50-50. People say that he isn't that big of a star in pay-per-view, but he's always at Rousey, so there's people kind of going like, oh, it's Rousey, no, it's Weidman. You don't know who it is that people actually want to see. I think when it comes down to this now, Chris Weidman is maybe preventing himself from making more money or becoming more marketable or being out there more by, let's just say, the manner that he's training. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with Weidman, and it's an issue for a lot of fighters, is he's only a 13 fights into his career. Like, he's still learning the game. Like, when he has to probably train like a lot more than Vitor Belfort and stuff on his skills. And when you're doing that... Is that Ray the Shih Tzu? It is, yeah. Do you remember? Can you remember? No, it's yeah. not actually. It's uh, uh, Sasha. It's a different dog. Who but, cares uh, about Sasha? Yeah, it's Patrick's dog. He's my brother Patrick. He's anyway on holidays. Don't mind me. He's barking like a motherfucker. But um, yeah, Weidman is still Weidman is still catching up really on on the rest of them. Uh, Thirteen fights into his UFC career when you make his debut, two thousand and nine. Like he's only six years. This is about time where he's maybe a year away from his prime, maybe a bit more. But um, yeah, that's a lot got to do as well. Like the likes of Vitor Belfort, it's more about keeping your body in line and staying fit. You already have the you already have the tools in your uh, in your back pocket. So yeah, I think that's that's a part of it as well. But hopefully, we saw the likes of Rory McDonald now. He's kind of he had problems with getting injured for a long time, and now they've kind of just stopped in the last while. I'm probably putting the kibosh on him now. He'll probably get injured for July 11th, but. Um, hopefully Weidman can go that way too. It kind of it happens with a few guys. So um, he's a big couple of months coming up now. There's look. It's looking like it's going to be Jacare before um, Rockhold, which is a bit odd. Did Dana not come out and say it was Weidman? <coughs> no, he came out and said that Rockhold is the number one contender, but it looks like it's going to be Jacare in his next fight, which is weird. Would have you any problem with giving him Jacare? Do you think it definitely should be Weidman? I have no problem with either of them getting it. I, to be honest, I'd rather see Jacare 
first. Me too. I actually would too. There's a lot. Of, I wouldn't mind like me really. I don't have that much of a reference, but I wanted to see Jacare get the shot for a long time. And like Jacare, I think he's unbeaten in like seven or eight fights. Something like Rockall did lose to Vitor Belfort two fights ago or three fights ago. So like people were acting like it was fucking the biggest injustice in the world that Jacare was getting the shot over uh, Rockall. But I don't. I don't really see it that way. Like if Rockall got it, fair enough. But um. Um, I think that'll be a good fight. Like Jack Reyes, he's pretty good wrestling. He's striking. I don't think would be up to the power uh, of Weidman. But um, on the ground, imagine if that fight went to the ground. It'd just be fucking amazing. Imagine if Weidman was in Rockall's or or in uh, Jack Reyes' guard. Just imagine that. How that'd go for like two or three minutes. Just be amazing. Who would you pick in that fight? Jack Reyes. Would you? Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to keep picking against uh, Chris <laughs> Weidman like until he loses, so then I can yeah. just say I told you so. Yeah, <clears throat> 13 and all still unbeaten. The Brazilian killer. Last four five, five of his last six fights are beating Brazilian legends. So. Who's that? Anderson well, Weiss? Damien Maia is one of them. Liotta. You used the phrase Brazilian legends very. I was ah. expecting you to say he fought Ronaldo or something like that. You love Damien Maia, don't I? I do, but he's not a legend. He's a no. jiu-jitsu <laughs> black belt that learned a bit of kickboxing and wrestling. Yeah, true. Aren't a lot of them, sure. Why not? But um, What else? Yeah. UFC 187. Before we get to the, um, the other title fight, um, what did you see the Rafael Natalia-Royal Hall fight? No. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. Um, Go on, tell me about it. Uriah Hall is basically well started off and my favourite person to interview is he? oh yeah you did I remember the interview was it boss that you did an interview with him? yeah yeah um well this fight started off with these two guys don't like each other for some reason I'm not sure they used to train both of them and then one of them gave out or I don't know something, something happened anyway they don't like each other um, Natal came out and kicked Uriah Hall right in the balls first thing in the fight like it was just pure obvious that it was mean like he should have had a point taken but um, after that it turned into a Uriah Hall fight where he just I like I mentioned it on Saturday I thought he broke his hand because he was throwing it like he threw it like once around it was just I have no idea why he wasn't throwing it. He, he must have been broken, but I haven't heard anything since. Uh, he just couldn't throw. He was he threw a couple, a couple of these big spin, spinning kicks, and um, Natal could see him from miles away. Natal didn't do much either, to be honest. Yeah, I think he got one or two takedowns, maybe. It was a pretty even fight. They were kind of jabbing at each other, and Natal won a decision. I think Hall probably should have won it, but like you're right, Hall is one of those guys. He's all the physical attributes. He has the power, he has the speed, he has pretty good wrestling takedown defense. Just, it, there's just something isn't there mentally, I think. And I really think he could be one of the best in the world if, if he could put it all together. I'd love to see him go, maybe train with Henry Hooft at the Black Zillions. I don't know, I think he needs something like that. I think he needs a mental coach or something like that. He, may, he probably has, he probably working with someone. It works for me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I don't know, there's just some missing there. I think he has so much potential, it's kind of sad to see him go. Like, I, I compared him on Saturday night to Gabriele Bonnahor, and I think that's a bit apt. Like, he's fast. That's a bit unfair to your eye, Hall. <laughs> but, like, it's not really because. Like, Bonnahor is overrated. Yeah, your eye, Hall. Because of FIFA. Too. 
Uriah Hall is like he lost to Kelvin Gastelum, he's lost to Rafael Natal. Like when I see Uriah Hall, I think like he should be challenging like the top guys. He should be in the top ten. But like his performances just haven't haven't shown that, and his results haven't shown that either. What do you think of him? Do you think like do you think he can overcome these things and become that, or do you think he'll always be what he is? The reason that I liked him so much was because he had he was big on goal setting and mental strength and stuff like that and believing in himself and not letting anyone tell him that he can't do what he wants to do and I really admire that and it's something that I've tried to start doing myself in the last weeks and months and what what about you laughing at me when I said it worked for me that mental oh, honest to god I think that is do you know when people say oh the fight game's 10% physical 90% mental and you're just like yeah right whatever and then you actually get into it or you learn about it and you realise it's probably even higher than that mental yeah 99.9999 that's how adamant I am I wouldn't go that far now but yeah, like, okay I'll tone it down to 98 what good is his goal setting doing he's still losing all these fights and he's still like performing under par Um. that's like obviously the answer to that isn't like Oh, set goals and you'll achieve everything. I actually watched a thing this morning. It was you know those things, the TED Talks. No. You've never heard of them. No. They're held around the world and they get good speakers in. They're a lot of them are very interesting. The one I was watching was this guy talking about goal setting, and he was, and um, he said the main problem what a lot of people have is that they work towards their goal and they don't care about the journey that they're taking to get there. Yeah. So he gave an analogy of when he was in sixth grade in America and he wanted to go out with a girl and he was too scared to talk to her and he'd always ignore her and then he said, got his friend to ask her and she said, if he want to ask me out, tell him to ask him my, himself. So all he heard was yes and then he kept telling the story about how he changed classes so he could be with her to sit next to her to ask her out and he said all he had heard in his head was yes. So that made him do all of these things by himself to achieve the goal. So if he had just thought, I want to go out with this person, and he said that made him completely ignore, he said it's the, the journey is what makes you at the, the level to become a champion. So put it that way for Uriah Hall. He wants to become a world champion, and he believes he can become a world champion, but maybe it's his training that's not up to standard. Maybe you're right to say that he so. needs to go to the Black Zillions. Maybe it's another aspect of his training, like the mental game. Maybe it's something to do, a self confidence issue. There's there's definitely something like he tried, he tried to get himself riled up for this fight. Holy morning. fuck! That was a random analogy there. Me, how you did are. I how did I talk about it? <laughs> I have no idea. You I've brought no up idea. goal setting. Yeah, it's. I, I just kind of I was looking out the window there. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is. Like, it was like listening to one. It was like listening to the sea just floating there. Thank I you. nearly fell asleep. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Hall. I don't know, like. I I tend to overrate him. I'm t- I'm one of these guys that thinks your Hall's gonna beat up everyone he fights. But I don't know. I really like him. I don't know. I just I I don't know if he'll ever be what he could, what he can be. It doesn't look that way at the moment. Like he lost to John Howard, Rafa Natal, and and Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin Gastelum's a good fighter, like, but he's not a middleweight. Like Uriah Hall could be fighting a light heavyweight. He's a big guy. I don't know. He just. When a guy like that can't pull the trigger, like it's a shame. I don't know. Something has to be done. I think I, I think it's retrievable. I think 
we tend to look at these guys with who have all the physical attributes and kind of write them off when they underachieve, but they can change it around. Like that's the biggest thing about us about fighting. Like well, about the about the on mental side of fighting. If that if is that a word even? But like the he physical. Has, yeah. Okay. The physical. Yeah. But it's not just physical. It's just it's like the skills and everything. But Uriah Hall. Like he's so talented physically that I think you can never write him off because he. I I think it's retrievable. I'm, say I'm what you want to say, Sean. Say what you want to say. Yeah. He's black leather. He is, in fairness, he's explosive. <laughs> he's explosive and and. Fast. Choose your words carefully. Yeah, I'll say more about that. Okay, we'll move on. I'll give you this time to gloat. Andrei Arlovsky, Travis Brown. What a hero. And what a haircut. He's fucking well, gorgeous haircut. now. Yeah. <coughs> He's gone from being absolutely rugged looking man. It was the beard that was affecting his chin. It must have been. Ingrown hair now. Ingrown hairs on his chin. <laughs> weakening it. That's all it was. What a hero. I had to watch this fight a couple of times before I, uh, I figured out what actually happened. Like, this was just pure madness. Uh, the only thing I can really think of that happened in this fight is Travis Brown had too much respect for Arlovsky. He really did. Like, Travis Brown was just kind of standing there. He was waiting for Arlovsky to hit him. And Arlovsky, it was kind of like a game of chicken for like the first maybe minute. And the two of them were just standing there. And Arlovsky refused to attack him. He refused. And in the first time, Brown, I think it was at a jabby too, or maybe a straight right or something like that Arlovsky just pounced and countered him and he hit him with that big right hand and in the back fist and put him on wobbly legs but it was just an unbelievably good fight after that then um, Brown was basically on Bambi legs for the rest of the fight uh, he nearly knocked Arlovsky out as well with that one right hand and you could just see it coming it was brilliant he was just he's leaning against the fence slow like, motion yeah he was up when like... is he going to unload this shot when is he going to unload and he threw one he missed by miles and he threw another one and Arlovsky just fucking face planted against the floor and I, I like I think he would have finished it there but Brown literally couldn't walk because his legs were fucked he was like he was like playing pool with a rope playing pool with a rope I was gonna uh, elaborate on your other one saying it was like Bambi on ice <laughs> yeah I like that it actually was that's a very good uh, description he's like a newborn deer that's what he was but uh, yeah it, it was a brilliant fight do you think it was fight of the year? Uh, uh, round of the year yeah I think it was fight of the year too I don't think there's any been any fight as good as it mm. I really don't I don't think it's been a vintage like I don't think 2014 was a great year for fights either I think this year I don't think it's been either. Has 2015 overtaken 14 for injuries and changes? Um, no, 14 was the worst, I think. I think 12 was actually the worst. 13 was good, then 14 was bad again. 2015 hasn't been that bad. It's been bad enough. but And still we, plenty of time for Jose Aldo to get injured. Yeah. I saw someone talking to me this morning on Twitter. I was afraid to reply back because they were talking about he's... Oh, they were talking about Aldo retiring and getting injured and all this. Like, Jesus, where's this coming from? So, I hope it isn't true. That's just some fan on Twitter now. Don't take that as uh, me breaking news or anything. But, yeah, uh, hopefully he won't get injured. Yeah. But, um, I yeah. think he's yeah. too motivated. I think there, I think he knows himself this isn't a fight he can get injured for. 
Yeah, there could be a case as well that this fight is too big to pull out of. Like you look at the many Pacquiao and Mayweather fight as well. Mayweather or Pacquiao couldn't pull out even though he got an injury because like it's too big. But um, yeah, and this Arlovsky fight anyway. Do you think Arlovsky can win the title? Like I don't think he can beat Cain Velasquez. Yeah. But I think he is warranting enough to be considered the next guy to get a shot. Yeah. Um, is that not fair enough? I, yeah, I probably agree with that. In fairness, he's won a couple in a row now. Um, Three this, in a row, two first round stoppages. Yeah. The heavyweight division is light enough. It's a story that you can sell. The second coming. Let's go for it. This fight really was to me like you could never write anyone off in the heavyweight division. Like in in the light heavyweight division, I spoke about it last year or last year, last week. That um, I hate picking punchers. Like it's always tough to pick a puncher or in other weight divisions too. But in heavyweight, that's no the problem. one division you can pick a puncher. Like uh, I, I couldn't envisage Jarlowski beating Brown last week. Like I watched tape on both of them. And I was like, I, I just didn't know how he's gonna how he's gonna beat him. But he did. <laughs> I landed a puncher. That was the end of the fight. But I think Travis Brown maybe like has touched the Uriah Halls too. Like he has all the physical attributes, but he just doesn't really put them together well. Like he left Greg Jackson's, and he went to um, he went to Edmund Tarverdi and Ronda Rousey's coach. Uh, like he hasn't been that impressive. He won his last fight, but he wasn't that impressive in it. He like he looked gun shy on Saturday night as well. Knocked out by Arlovsky. I don't know. There's probably a way back for him, but I'd like. To, uh, I don't know who I'd like to see him fight next. Maybe has he fought Mark Hunt before? Brian. Yeah. No, I like. I'm, I don't think I'm in the mood for the UFC completely trying to murder heavyweights. Like, yeah. and uh, Bigfoot Silva fighting Hulk Pillay is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. Why so? He's gonna get like why? Why are they even letting him fight again? Like Bigfoot, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that fight is gonna go no other way. Like. Yeah, he wouldn't know. Like, saw the whole playlist kind of shit as well, though. Like, he's not that good. If he gets you into the mountain, beats the shit out of you. He's probably the best mountain heavyweight division anyway. If, if not all of MMA, like, you're just dead if you get in the mountain with him. But, yeah. Yeah, he. I don't know. If if uh, Bigfoot comes in looking the way he did in his last couple of fights, he'll probably get mounted and knocked out. But, um, I don't think he should be fighting. He's one of those guys like Vitor as well, like Dan Henderson. They shouldn't be fighting anymore after coming off the TRT. Dan is the only one that I would say probably could fight again. Like, uh, he's fighting the, Tim Boch in two yeah. weeks. Oh, Jesus. In a main event. God. Henderson I, I, versus Boch. I just. Live I just, on Fox. I was looking through the events there the other day, just where, like, looking what I'll have to write previews on in the next few I'm not going to lie, Sean. I don't know good. who the headline is for 188. Uh, Kane and Verdun. Oh yeah, fuck no, never mind, I knew that. Yeah. There's a guy on that card, I saw it announced yesterday, and I don't think Kyle Binder's on the main card, he's, uh, like he said a couple of months ago that he was, but I'd, um, what was her name, tweeted it, uh, Tisha Torres tweeted it yesterday. There's a guy on it I have never heard of, and I haven't looked him up since, but I have no idea who he is, he's fighting Charles Rosa, that guy who fought uh, Dennis awesome. Seaver. Yeah. Yeah. But I have no idea who he is, on a main card of the UFC fighting You'll see pay per view, no idea. But um, Gilbert Melendez and has Rosa fought since. Yeah, oh, uh, he fought he fought someone in Boston, and yeah. then he fought Dennis Seaver. 
I don't know, I didn't see it before that. I think he has. We could look this up. Yeah, I can remember, because uh, I've seen him fight live twice. Yeah, uh, he's really exciting. Charles Rosa, like, on the ground. He's he's one of these guys, I think he could be like a Joe Lozon figure in the next one. He's 10 and 1. He fought uh, Sean Soriano. Oh, that was in Boston. He fought right. in the Seaver before that, yeah, so he hasn't fought since Boston. Unless Shardog isn't updated, but probably true Greg yeah. Savage and Jordan Breen not up to speed exactly ok we'll get to the main event this is where I can gloat I was I was right I was totally right I said it if it gets past the first round gets past the second round Cormier has it it's going to be easy well it wasn't easy but it went exactly like I thought it would go he's good chin Johnson tired took him down finished him off what did you think of it? Johnson tried to... I can even hear you smiling from here. Like. <laughs> I can hear your voice change as your face turns into a twisted smile. I love when I get it just right. Just perfectly right. Brilliant. Well, to be fair... Yeah. I picked Johnson because of my allegiance to him and for how funny it was when he knocked uh, Gustafsson out. After me telling all the sweet... What the fuck are you doing? Sorry, I was moving. I'm actually... Uh, I don't know how loud that came up or not. It probably was very loud. Excellent. Well, you see, I'm actually wearing a... Guess what I'm wearing, John? A hoodie. Guess what type of hoodie? Uh, you, have, one? you have two guesses. Um, uh, the word, word jiu-jitsu is on it. Uh, Team Torres jiu-jitsu? No. Um, actually, I don't know, so... It's a bright, it's bright red, and it's oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've seen you wearing. Is it's it, the nicest an, MMA hoodie around. It's not an SVG one or something like that. Is there, uh, it's a Molnar one. Oh yes, that's the one. Yeah. And it belong. Guess who it belonged to? Gunnar Nelson. Oh, Chris Fields, is it? Yes. Yeah. I remember. Good memory, like an elephant. Chris Fields was a, a great man. He used to always get a. Used to always hate getting loads of hoodies, and uh, when I was training up in Dublin, he gave me a few of them. I have two. I have two Gunnar Nelson hoodies, cage contender and a UFC one. Sweet. And it's uh, but also the fact that it belongs to Chris Fields. It is absolutely like ten times too big. So when <laughs> I was moving there, you see, whenever I'm sitting in it, I like to put my knees inside it, so it's completely oh, yeah. stretched out. So fuck that's, the listeners. That's what you're saying, basically. Fuck the listeners. In the my comfort is uh, a bigger priority to our listeners. Go on, so tell us about Anthony Johnson. Where did it all go wrong for him, your boy? Um, Anthony Johnson seems to be an, a serial bottler, to be honest. He had the fight there to win, in my opinion. And was it in the second round that his coaches were shouting at him, don't quit? Yeah, I think it was after Like, for your round. coach to be shouting, don't quit... Daniel Cormier, like, obviously they must know that he's going to quit or he bottles it in training. And Daniel Cormier is going to hear that. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? Some of the stuff that gets shouted these days in UFCs by high-level cornermen is just... I think the occasion gets them. And they kind of just lose their shit because they're so used to their guy dominating everybody in training. They don't really know what it's like about being in a bad position or coaching out of a bad position under pressure in a fight. Anthony Johnson, for all that it's worth... On another day, perhaps could beat Daniel Cormier. I didn't. I watched the John Jones and Daniel Cormier fight, and aside from all of this, this just shows us how fucking good John Jones is. 
Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. That he pissed on Cormier for five rounds. And to be honest, what I was going to make the point of theirs, after what I was saying earlier on about Vitor Belfort after his fights, you think it could have gone a different way. Anthony Johnson has the ability to beat Daniel Cormier, I think. Definitely. Sure, he almost did beat him. Like, he pretty yeah. much had him on, yeah. on Queer Street, I as, uh, as, yeah. as JR would say. Um, thankfully, our equality vote passed. It did, Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, so I, I just think that Anthony Johnson can do it. But when we saw Daniel Cormier fight John Jones, I didn't really think that if I saw that fight three or four more times, it would go yeah. any different to the way that it went. So I'm very happy that Daniel Cormier is the champion. Uh, Joseph Benavides is probably going to hope that Demetrius Johnson goes on a hit and run or something like that in the next while so he can be crowned the champion unofficially um, because people are what, what's your take on this Twitter is split does DC yeah. have the right to call himself the champion um, he does because the belt has gone from John Jones it is like I, I think, think we talked about this last week yeah we did yeah. a bit but I don't know like John Jones did what he did and he got the belt stripped like I think Stripping John Jones is the only option they had, really. So, like, when you look at it that way, that John Jones had to be stripped, then you have to get a new champion. And Cormier be Johnson fair and square. So, he's the champion in my mind, but um, when John Jones comes back, that's just going to be unbelievable, the, the build-up. But uh, after watching Saturday night, right, there tends to be a bit of... You judge history by the winner, like it. It's all. It's always been the case with wars and stuff. The the history is written by the winner. Like Daniel Cormier was nearly knocked out in that fight, and like more than once. And like, if you were to say, who do you think is the best chance of beating John Jones after watching Saturday Night? Anthony Johnson. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, there's no way. Like Cormier didn't show anything that he didn't show against Jones, and that Jones beat like. Johnson showed unbelievable power. He nearly knocked out Cormier a couple of times. Like I'd rather see Anthony Johnson fight John Jones, to be honest. But Cormier is a legitimate champion. Um, I thought it was a bit sad the way he called out John Jones straight away yeah. after the fight. He, I, like, he was always going to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, but he could have, like, he could have done that as well as said or, said other stuff. Like, this is a guy who came for the Olympics, who. Missed weight in the Olympics. He had kidney failure in his second Olympics. Wasn't able to compete. This is the guy who lost his first UFC title fight. And now he's acting the big man. No, on his biggest night ever. Like he doesn't stop the tank. Like his family or his coaches or his training partners. And Jesus, yeah, the man above, God, Jesus. But uh, I thought that was a bit of shame. Like it was, it was good. The promo. the promo he said and all, but he could have said that after he tanked everyone. So, like I, th- I would have liked him to mark the occasion. He, like people, as you said, have been saying this isn't a real title and stuff. And I think what he said on Saturday night kind of add fuel adds fuel to that fire, because like you're the champion. What are you calling out, John Jones? Like you, you are the champion. They're and supposed to call know. you out. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't like that. I liked the promo, but I did. I didn't like I didn't like how he did it I would have liked him to to mark the occasion in a fitting manner but 
<laughs> After that, did you see the press conference with yeah. Ryan Bader? Oh my god, fuck! It was a Ryan. It Bader. was like WWE. It was yeah. the most put on fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Reminds me of um, Tim Riggins at a Friday Night Lights. Legend. Have you ever seen uh, Tim Riggins? Yeah, of course. I I love the show, but I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't restarted say that. again the other night. Tim Riggins is too much of a hero. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Riggins, Riggins would not back down from a fight. He would have stormed no. that stage. But just the way Bader goes on, looks, and talks, and just like, that's fucking Tim Riggins all over. Like, <laughs> I like Bader. Like, I, when we uh, were asked a question last week about the most underrated fighter, I said it was Bader. And I think I think that'd be a good fight against Carmier. But like, you Carmier against Bader for like your so biggest boring, title. So boring. Like, yeah, I don't know. It'd be that boring. I think Bader hits hard. He obviously doesn't hit hard as Daniel, um, or what's his name, Anthony Johnson. Um, but yeah, it should be a good fight. I don't think Carmia will be able to take him down as easily as he did Anthony Johnson or, um, or Big Brother him like he did Anthony Johnson. So yeah, I think it could be a good fight. I think Bader is very underrated, but obviously pick Carmia in that fight. Uh, there isn't really like this. Sometimes when you look at divisions like the middleweight division when um, when Anderson Silva went out of it. You're like, okay, this division now is kind of it's kind of come alive. You have big fights between Weidman and um, Weidman and the Brazilians, and he's going to be fighting Jack Ray now and and um, Rockhold and stuff. But with John Jones out of the light heavyweight division, it doesn't make it. No, <laughs> like the opposite has happened. A lot of guys who aren't John Jones fighting, yeah. So like, it was kind of entertaining in the fact that the UFC were just literally. A conveyor belt of victims for John Jones. Yeah. But now it's like all of these victims probably don't want to go up for the <laughs> go up for the belt because they know that they're gonna to have to fight Jones again <laughs> when he comes back. I think it's a good chance. It's their best chance to get a hold of that belt. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. So, but there's no one like that division is like two wins away from Nogueira fighting for the belt. Jesus. Like I was talking about prediction. Up the fight, uh, <laughs> prediction. Jesus. Rampage Jackson will fight for the belt. Oh God, he. Who was it yesterday? Oh yeah, somebody on Twitter said Rampage Jackson should fight Anthony Johnson. I'd watch that fight. Like what did Rampage, Rampage do to that person? Rampage would get the shit kicked out of him, but like Rampage, it, it, say that you can say what you want about Rampage, but Rampage is a fucking good chin. I don't like he got knocked out by Vanderland stuff years ago back in Pride, but like he's taken a lot of big shots since then in the UFC and stuff, and he hasn't got knocked out. I'd like I'd watch that fight. We like we, if that was a five round fight, the way Johnson fades, if Rampage him one of these big left hooks. Every time, every time I watch Anthony Johnson, I think, oh, this is a guy who should probably fight at heavyweight. Yeah, I think he'd be a good heavyweight. I think he'd be a very good heavyweight. He'd probably and suit him. Phil Davis ripping now that he fucked off the Bellator. He showed the man who was uh, who never got his chance against John Jones. The perfect body type to beat John Jones. <laughs> the perfect athlete to dethrone John Jones. Now he doesn't even get his chance to claim his rightful title. This is outrageous. I always liked Phil Davis. So did I. Yeah. He, like first of all, his Wikipedia picture. It best ever. Yeah, Omar from the wire, just pretty much. That's exactly what it looks like. Uh, walking down the top, walking down the street with no top on and just jeans. What a hero! Second of all, beautiful submissions, and third of all, a beautiful smile. 
the old um, what's the chalk again? Darce chalk. Specialist. Von Flu. There was nearly a Von Flu chalk there at the weekend. But uh, yeah, I suppose we can we can leave the light everywhere thoughts there. But just before we get on to this weekend's card for a few minutes before we get on to our questions, um, I suppose it'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the flyweight title for a minute, just for a second. Johnson or Dodson? Or um, Benavidez or John Dodson? Who do you think should get it? Benavidez. Oh. Yeah, Dodson was very, very unimpressive. Um, yeah, the Benavidez Moraga fight was a good fight. Dodson having to come on to social media to justify how he won the fight as well. Nah, no, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, I don't think he won that fight either, to be honest. I thought Mikovsky won it. But we have to go what actually happened. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I think they'll probably give it to Dodson. And, like, Benavidez is kind of trying to talk himself out of the title fight. He said he hasn't done enough, but I think he's done more than enough in that division to warrant another shot. But uh, Wilson Hayes is fighting this weekend as well against Jusia Farmiga. That's a guy I'd love to see fighting for the title. Um, he's a dangerous guy on, on the feet. and uh, That'd be a sad girl. story, him fighting for the title. Why? Ah, because... For Ron Roddy? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what, that was a great fight. Like, there's nothing said about that fight. I don't know. Like, yeah, I suppose. But I'd like, to, I'd still like to see him fight, fight, fighting for the, for the title. I mentioned if he won it, Roddy could say he he went toe to toe with a UFC champion. Yeah. Barely got the benefit. Yeah. You mean Shannon Googerty wasn't a Shannon, UFC champion? Shannon Googerty. <laughs> Were you yeah. making fun of my voice there? Stop. It sounds a bit like James Gatter, but it's not him. Uh, I don't think there's too many people going around like actively shouting Shannon no, Gilberty in no, 2015. No, it was on. Was it on like the 10,000 hours um, thing or something like that? Or maybe it was Stuart McQuitty, the commentator. Maybe Shannon. That, that G- might be it. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon Gilberty. But <laughs> uh, oh. one last thing, okay, before we get on to the this weekend's card, you probably didn't see him, but Islam Makachev. My God, this man, he's, been, he's Habib Nurmagomedov's training partner. He's trained by Habib's father. This Habib's man, dad seems like the coolest bastard in the world. Legend, legend. He was like, a, I think he was a two or three time world combat Zamba champion. He, there was a video of him on Facebook wrestling with Islam Makachev. And he's just, he still looks like a bad motherfucker. He, I'd say, what a man. In a minute. Grand man. But uh, yeah, Makachev's. Like if you're a lightweight, I'd be watching out because Mac James is probably gonna fuck you up. Um, okay, this weekend, the biggest one I suppose for us, Norman Park is fighting Francisco Trinaldo. Cool. Tell us, is he gonna win? Is he gonna do it? What do you think? Um, I'd be expecting Norman to bounce back. A lot of people did think you could have made a case for him winning the last fight. Um, he doesn't have to worry about being humiliated by. Dorino on the ground and I said before that Norman Park is the type of guy that will spend his career in the UFC this weekend will show us if that is true or if it's not I, I can see Norman I don't know he's like I don't want to ever just be accused of saying like you're only picking him because Irish MMA and stuff like that but this weekend isn't one of those fights where I might blindly pick someone because of um, them being from over here so I'm going with Norman for the win but am I wrong? 
Uh, I think he'd probably win, and I picked against Norman for his last fight, and he lost. So I'm, you I'm... bastard! <laughs> You're a fucking shit Irishman. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, after watching both of them, I think Park will probably win. Um, Trinaldo uh, is a dangerous fighter when he hits the ground. Uh, his boxing isn't nearly as good as Norman Parks, although he has a lot of power in his left hand. Uh, they're both southpaws, so that's obviously uh, makes for an interesting fight. But um, I think Trinaldo Trinaldo comes out in like a very low stance. He comes out like he's fucking kneeling down. He's so low, but he loads up with that left hand and. His wrestling is pretty good, but I, d I can't see him taking Park down. I think this fight's going to be fought out a lot in the clinch. Uh, and I think like Park has one of the best clinches. Well, he has a very good clinch, anyway, we'll put it that way. But against T-Bow. Hashtag judo hips. Judo hips, exactly. He's a very strong base. Uh, yeah, I think Park will win it that way. I, think it won't, I don't think it's going to be a good fight by any means. I think it's going to be three rounds. A lot of it against the cage. And I think Park will probably outpoint him. I could see him winning thirty twenty seven or maybe at least two rounds anyway. But um, yeah, I I wouldn't like to see Norman on the floor with him. Norman's very good on the floor. He's a lot of submissions and stuff. But Trinaldo is very very sneaky and he's he has some uh, great submissions. His wrestling isn't that good. Mike Rio took him down. He put him on his back. He beat him up for a while. Uh, maybe that's an area Park can look at. But uh, I wouldn't like to see Park on the bottom or anything like that. On the, on him being in the UFC, I think this is a big fight for Norman Park. Not, I don't think he get cut or anything. And oh no, a loss wouldn't cut him, yeah. but a win would prove what his level would be like in order to stay yeah. in the UFC. Jim I, Miller scenario. Yeah, I think a loss here would put him back a good bit. I think a win here might give him, like he was supposed to fight Jorge Masvidal. He's supposed to fight Diego Sanchez. I think a win here might put him back into that a bit, or towards that anyway. Maybe two wins in a row. But if he loses here, I I think he'll be kind of he'll be fighting the newcomers to the UFC and stuff again, or put being put on Brazilian cards like this one. So I think this is a big fight for Norman. Um, it's a tough fight. I think I I really do think it's Norman's seven or he's a big favorite anyway, four to nine or something on on Paddy Power. But I think it's closer fight than that. But I think Norman I think Norman will win it. Seven to nine. Four to nine, I think. Four, yeah. sorry, four to nine. Like two to one on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. No. That's a that's a Luca Fury bet. <laughs> you know, it's a good bet I was looking at. Verdum is three to one to be Kane. You Jesus. don't think he will though, do you? I don't know. He could like. Obviously, yeah, yeah, I could see him doing it. Imagine if Kane took him down. Like Verdum loves to be taken down. You have no problem with that. I can see Play him. Play my guard. Play my guard. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, we leave that. We leave that for uh, next week. week. Or whatever it is. Oh, two weeks. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Norman. Anyway, you're picking him. You think he'll win? Yes. Cool. Main event. Unreal. Can't wait. This is a fight of the year potential. For 2012, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but. It's Man, uh, boxing doesn't make the fights that should have happened five years ago. Are you saying this is the Pacquiao Mayweather of MMA? This is the Pacquiao Mayweather of uh, the UFC's month of May, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good fight. Like, it's hard to know how guys come back, like, Condit after, uh, what's he, like, been a year out, he tore his ACL. And especially when you're fighting after a torn ACL against a guy like Thiago Alves, who kicks you the shit out of your legs that's never going to be a, a good night 
But um, when, when writing my preview for this, I think like you look at Alves' last fight, he was getting beat by Jordan Mean before he went out and won it. He had two years out of the cage. He had a fight before that, but he two years out of the cage before that. Uh, he hasn't looked that great since he came back. Difficult to know about Condit, but I think Condit's a real master of distance and stuff. He saw it against Nick Diaz. I could see him staying well out of the range of Alves' kicks, plucking in and out, scoring a lot of points. Alves tiring and after two or three rounds and Condit just walking away with it. Um, I think it'll probably be a decision that you wouldn't know Condit. Condit's for like, after that Diaz fight, Condit, and it tends to happen with a lot of fighters, they get this reputation. Like, Condit has. Condit got a reputation for being a shite bag, even though he's one of the most exciting fighters in that yeah. division. Let me just look at it now, one second. I wrote in my preview, but I just want to get it right. Condit has 27 finishes out of his 29 wins. That is amazing. Like, for a high level mixed martial arts like he is, 27 finishes and 29 wins. That's unbelievable. So it's a good, I could see him knocking him down with a head kick or something, finishing with a head kick late in, late in the fight, maybe fourth round or something. I don't think Alves is going to be uh, is going to be shooting, firing with what he does in the first couple of rounds when it gets to the third or fourth. So yeah, I think uh, Condit really cannot work him, cannot last him. Excellent, Sean. We have to be fairly strict on our time. Yeah. Tell me also about this weekend. The main thing for me. Tom Breeze and Nicholas Dalby making their UFC debut. Jesus, yeah, I, you'd nearly forget about that. Um, Nicholas Dalby is fighting, um, I think it's Zaleski or something like that. I don't know too much about him, but Dalby is, I think Dalby has a lot of potential. Um, he's pretty well-rounded. I think he's improving all the time. Uh, I, I think he'll probably be an obviously the Cage Warriors uh, champion. And I think yeah, the guy he's fighting was the Jungle Fights champion or one of those Brazilian leagues anyway so that should be fun um, Tom Breeze is it this weekend Tom Breeze is winning? I think so no oh he is yeah he's opening the card against Lucas Lu Luis Dutra uh, yeah Tom Breeze you, you, you love Tom Breeze I remember you making fucking these comments about Tom Breeze being the best guy in the world no, there that's not me oh, that's not me at all you you're thinking of Steve you're thinking I'm of Steve you. from no no not me. I've always I'm said that. In, I've always said that in jest because Steve from the UK branch of Severe MMA is adamant that Tom Breeze would beat Cahill Pendred and has been for years. Yeah. I yeah okay fair enough. You're sending sarcasm so. Uh, I think Tom Breeze is good and like he's uh, training out of um, Firas Sahabi's camp, Tristar as well with Joseph Duffy and all those guys, Rory McDonald. So that can only do him good. Uh, this is this is a pretty good card. Like you've that fight, you've Mirsad Bektic as well against Lucas Martins, which is a fucking fun Last fight. Juicy Amar Farmiga against Wilton Hayes, fight of the night. That is, I think, well, Condor Alves could be as well, but that's a fucking good fight. You've Honey Jason against Demon Jackson. So for a for a fight night card, this isn't a bad one. If for the for the real hardcore, but um. Yeah, should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Admit, and also, a plug for um, the second episode of the Severe May Extra is coming out next week. He doesn't yeah. know it yet. He doesn't know that he's on it yet because he hasn't read my WhatsApp. But Stephen Lowry will be joining us to talk about everything Battlezone related so you won't have to do it next week. Thank be the fuck. A full card breakdown coming. Good. 
I'll enjoy not listening to that. <laughs> uh, we got into the question, so um, let me just refresh this so the newest ones can come up. Uh, we have a, a kind of a cheeky question there from um, Fraser over on Twitter. He's from Scotland. Uh, the, the fight was announced this weekend. How long? He asked how long will Paul Redmond last against uh, Robert Whiteford? Lol. <laughs> long, yeah. I no, I said lol. 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 All right. Yeah, I think it'll probably be a decision. Should be a should be a pretty good fight. But um, yeah. Okay. Let's Paul Redmond. You mean crippling him with a toehold? No. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. That actually is very likely at that moment. Did you like my picture I tweeted yesterday with the Ask for the Questions, John Jones tattoo? Yes, it was brilliant. Okay. Um, you're, uh, you're a social media <laughs> marketer, that's what you are. Mogul, that's what I am, pure mogul. <clears throat> um, we actually just, that we were talking about Nicholas Alvey, Aaron Moran over on Twitter asked, what are your expectations for Nicholas Alvey in the UFC? How far do you can go? Um... <coughs> I don't know because welterweight is one of the hardest of it. like when you talk about European guys coming in that aren't wrestlers sorry I'm back upright that aren't wrestlers yeah. you think that's gonna be gonna be one of the toughest divisions to get through now Dalby is good grappling but I'm not gonna be like wanting to throw him in with the top 15 that division anytime soon until we see what his level is after maybe three fights yeah I tend to agree with I that I think there's an, an adaptation period that's going to have to happen from fighting in the UFC and like just to make sure <laughs> that he can adjust to it and I don't see anything other than the UFC building him slowly to be honest yeah I, uh, I think he's a very good grappling base and stuff he's striking is coming along well as well but um, yeah I, I think Cage Warriors is such a good base as well for fighters coming into the UFC that he'll take to it like Dr. Water, like you saw Carl Binder doing it and other guys, um, Neil Seary and Conor McGregor as well and guys like that. So, yeah, I think, he'll, I think he'll do well. I don't think he'll ever be a champion or I don't think he'll ever be top five, top ten maybe. But, yeah, he, he has potential. He's potential to be a good guy. Um... Next question from friend of the podcast, Will Martin, at Will Martin MMA. And I uh, I like this question, I have to agree with it. Do you think Leona Machida is returning too soon to face Joel Romero after he was beat down uh, by Rockhold back in April? He's fighting in like a month's time or something. Fair play to him. I don't think, think, I don't think, like Joel Romero has the ability to absolutely wreck him. And you know the way we talk about guys suddenly looking very old after yeah. his last fight. If his next since his next one's against Yoel Romero, this could very well be the fight that he looks old in. I looked old in the last one, to be honest. Uh, not as more aged, not old. Like if you were to compare it to me or you, sort of thing. Yeah. He well, looked closer to you than he did to me. <laughs> no, sorry, you and Pizzi. He looked closer <laughs> to Pizzi than he did to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the biggest thing about this is like. He was was he concussed in his last fight? Like Rockhold beat his face into the mat. He he looked like he didn't know what he was doing after that fight, and he's coming back like three or four months later. Not even that. I don't know. Urine, bro. Yeah. Healing properties. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I think I meant to say about it earlier, but just I put out a tweet there. 
saying that it was a bad weekend for the health of the fighters. Like Cerrone came into that fight at the weekend injured, and we didn't talk about him. I suppose we kind of he was one of the fights he went over. He beat McDessy, he broke his jaw. But Cerrone came in with a bad injury into that fight. His doctor and Greg Jackson wanted him to pull out. Uh, Arlovsky came in with an injury to his calf as well, which apparently he couldn't walk before the fight. And the doc- one doctor left it up to himself. I think another doctor told him to pull out. Like, I, I, I said... It, it what did they know? Safety. I got nothing but abuse on Twitter, basically, for saying that. Like, health and stuff. That kind of seems to be what I Just got from bleed, this. Just bleed, Sean. Yeah. Just bleed. I don't know. The more I get into MMA and the more I, like... The more you hate it. No, it's not the more I hate it. It's the more I fucking... Like, I want fighters to be safe and... I wouldn't. I'd rather Leon Machida took like a few more months off after the beating he got the last time. So, uh, yeah, that's it on that anyway. Um, Bisping, we got a question there from uh, Craig Towie. Bisping obviously was uh, fighting Talis Leders over in Scotland on July 18th. What is he to gain or lose from this fight? Uh, He doesn't really have anything to gain. Michael Bisping is the guy you'd expect to beat Talis Latis. He's a lot more to lose, I think, than he does to gain. I think he should go full blast and just call Belfort out now ahead of his impending victory over Talis. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good. Um, I don't. I think Talis Latis will beat him. To be honest, I, I'm a I'm a big Talis Latis believer. I think Talis got a lot of shit for like the silver fight, and his return to the UFC of- has been very impressive. But Michael Bisping is an elite level middleweight and maybe is heading towards the end of his career. But it just annoys me that he's never going to get a title shot or he never has got a title shot. Me too, I agree. Yeah, yeah it's a close fight. but Because um, he beat Chael Sonnen. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah it was a rob- pure robbery. Like. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Vitor. Like, there's a few fights from there like on, on that uh, veteran circuit. Dan Henderson as well, another one. Tim Boach. I'm amazed he never fought Tim Boach. Like, that's just one of those fights you think would have happened, but it never did. So yeah, there's a few fights left for him. Um, a lot of Scottish people were complaining about that being the main event, and the card isn't really that good. I think we got a question about it uh, from Fraser there. What do you think of that Scotland card? Do you think it's a bit weak for their first entrance into uh, into the new market? Um, not particularly. I just think that we're going to hold every EMEA card up to the standard of UFC Dublin. And that's going to be a little bit of a problem. But even then, UFC Dublin wasn't littered with names at all. Yeah, UFC Dublin card wasn't that good. Like It, it, it had Irish guys. but Which is what made everyone like it so much. Maybe, yeah. would the Scottish fans be happier if it, if there was more Scottish people in the undercards? But, no, I don't think so. Scotland doesn't have the level of fighters Ireland has. Though. Like, no disrespect to the... Scottish fighters or anything, but like they don't have a Conor McGregor or like or even a Cahill Pinter or something like that, like or a Joseph Duffy. Like who would you put? There's no Scottish person to put there. Like, uh, like the card as it is now is Bisping, Lettuce, Ross Pearson, Evan Dunham, Joseph. That's going to be a great fight though. Yeah, Dunham and Pearson, and the rest of them like Joanne Calderwood against Beck Rawlings, which is just a fucking. Are you going to say a setup? It's a joke of a fight, really. Like, Jordan Goddard is just gonna fucking beat the shit out of her. 
And I suppose she is the one, like, they were hoping she'd win that so they could put a title fight on this card, probably, I think. And when she lost, that all got fucked up, so I suppose you can blame. If the Scottish fans want someone to blame, there you go, blame John Calderwood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the okay, witch hunt, the Sean Sheehan led <laughs> witch hunt. We have two more questions before we go. Um, Gustafsson's next opponent. With the light heavy division, it's from Vincent C over there on Twitter, Vin- at VinnyC86. Who would you give Gustafsson next with the light heavyweight division wide open? Gustafsson's going to want to fight as quick as possible and try to get his hands on the belt before Anthony Johnson gets himself back up to contention or yep. John Jones comes back. Because I think Gustafsson has a chance of beating Daniel Cormier. He does. Yeah, I think he does. Um, Glover Teixeira is fighting OSP. And after Gus Afton full out of the fight against Glover Teixeira, I don't think his injury is that serious. I think he's serious. I think he'll be back fairly soon. Um, the tough one to know to give him, like, there aren't that many people. You spoke about Rampage Jackson. What about Rampage against Gus Afton as a headliner in Dublin? What about that? Oh! Give me that. There's a fucking idea. You can have that one for free, Joe Silva. There Take you it. go. Sean Sheehan calling out Joe Silva. Mm-hmm. I came up with another brilliant fight there this morning. Go I woke up and it just came. Came to Vin- Vincent Henderson versus uh, what the fuck's his name? <laughs> uh, Neil Magny at welterweight. What about that fight? In Dublin. Not in Dublin, but anywhere. Dublin. Anywhere, yeah. I like that fight. Like Neil Magny needs to get a a fight. He needs to get moved up. Vincent Henderson wants to fight at welterweight. I think I like that fight. I, think be I really like Ben Henderson at welterweight. Me too. Me too. Well, what was the question we rest here again? The Southsons next fight. Okay, Rampage Jackson Dublin. Boom. That's it. We'll end it on this. So, from Stephen Lee, maybe the best question we've ever got into this into the podcast. No way. Yeah. What's your favorite fighter walkout song, and what would your walkout song be? Do you my hear my walkout song? Yeah. Have it here. Go for it. Here it comes. Are oh, you gonna play it for me? Yeah. Wait, here it comes. Tune. Do you know the song? Yeah. I don't know the name, but I know it. Well, like, you're not Kicking the second way. Brewing up a star. Here comes, here comes. Wait, wait for it. Imagine that, that'll get you fucking roiled up. I'll tell you what my favourite one is. Go on. Um, no, I'll... that wasn't someone's uh, walkout, did it? Who walked out of that? No, that would be my one now. Okay, well, mine. this is my favourite one. I just don't know if this is the right version. Bonus points if you can tell me who walked out of it. I don't even know that song. Uh, you might know it now in a second. What? That's Linkin Park. Oh yeah. I can't believe you don't know this thing. 
Lyoto Machida versus Shogun Hua. Right. Or no, it might have been Lyoto Machida UFC 98 or 94. No, I think Num Encore would be a good song to walk out to too. Um, it would. But my song to walk out to would be this. And then we'll... Um, my favourite walkout, just for you to do that. This thing. This thing is my favourite walkout. I love Ronda Rousey's walkout, actually. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Ronda, done has, Ronda has the best walkout, I think, in MMA, to be honest. Yeah. The whole like best it. entrance thing. Yeah, she's good, right. Then again, Connor's fucking... Brilliant. Patrick He's one of Boston. Ward's classics. Super AM DJ classic. Um... Unbelievable walkout. Zwan in Boston was the best walkout of all time, without a doubt, I think. I don't think there's anything as good. Frankie Edgar's a good walkout as well. You are a favour. I'm going with Bisping, though. I lo- like, if you're a fighter, please, 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 find a great song and use and it every it, time. Yeah. Every time. Chris Weidman has his anthem. Yeah, oh, I love it, Tom Petty. And then they always play real uh, fucking born in the UFC after he wins as well. Yeah, I don't like that. Here is um here is what would be my walkout song. Oh. oh, I like it. What? I like it. Do you know it? Yeah, of course. It reminds me of Peter Carroll. And Graham. Graham used to always sing this when we fucking go away and cover an event, I think. What a song. <laughs> you have to walk out to a good rock song though. Fuck all this rap shit, man. Now, before yeah. we go, I I generally agree with you, but I don't like the whole Oh like I'm so pumped sort of thing. Yeah. So I int- like- I introduced this track to the gym a couple of months ago and Decky McAleenan walked out to it and then bit of slagging, you know, we say James Gallagher copied him because James walked out to it in his next fight. Meant to f- no, no, no. Have you heard this song? Uh, that's it's pretty popular at the minute. It's a biggie remix. I, I just knew it not so. But it's, uh, when you hear it now, the flow that gets into it. I love playing it in this song. <laughs> Saxophone. Do you know who was an underrated walkout as well? Tom Kong Watson. He always walks out to like a funny song. I remember he walked out to Roxanne years ago. Yeah, great man. I like I like a bit of Sam Watson. And uh, Filthy Tom Lawler always has a great. Oh yes, of course. Hulk Hogan's it, Real American. Yeah, that's more than the wa- the walkout than the walkout song. But, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good walkouts actually in UFC. I like them. That's it. Speaking of which, Sean, I'm about to walk out of this podcast. No harm. Episode 17 of the Severe MMA podcast is done and dusted. That's um. I was thinking of something I could say about the length that we've been doing it, but uh, leave it with me and I'll make a funnier joke about episode eighteen next week. Um. Until then, Sean, you can get us. Tell us. Oh, fuck. You won't make a difference. Uh. Anyone listening to this won't make a difference. I have to re-record something. Um. That's gonna go at the start of this podcast. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Did you go away there for a minute? I'm ending. No, I'm for- talking to the public here. Okay. There will be. I'm saying there will be something at the start of this podcast, but they will have already heard it. Yeah. And now they'll hear me talking about reminding myself to record <laughs> it. It's about swap, swapping over uh, subscription feeds because okay. of our podcast servers getting too big because we're too popular. We're too good. Spread the word as well, folks, by the way. Do it. Tell your friends. Listen to your friends. Call around. 
you know, we're, we're bringing the art of listening to radio and podcasts back. You know, people all around Ireland are now going to each other's houses to put the kettle on to listen to the Severe MMA podcast as a communal as a communal thing. Exactly. And I was also told we talked the most amount of shite that anyone has ever heard. What's wrong with that shirt? There's nothing wrong with a bit of shite talking. Was Ireland built on it? Was it? <laughs> Did you say Ireland was built on it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Fucking was... snake. Uh, here's a good one for you, Sean. If St. Patrick ran all the snakes out of Ireland, how come there's so the many Kenny. of them in Dole Aaron? The Kenny's still there, bro. You want to that snake out? <laughs> Fucking Dole Aaron. Simon Coffney, them snakes. Them Finnegale snakes. Run them Water out. Water charges. Fucking. Ah, oh, countries and shit. This country's fucked. No wonder I take election posters then. Exactly. And on right. that confessing note, um, if actually Sean, go on to IrishElectionRides.com. My brother. I've seen on. it. Yeah, Did I've you seen see it. the picture, yeah, of my brother? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Anyone else would like to go on to Irish Election Rides? You can see the older, less successful, less handsome McGahan, John McGahan. Um, if you want to get in touch with us before now next week, maybe to tell us. How prettier he is than me. Get in touch with me on Twitter <laughs> at Andrew McGahan underscore. If you want to tell Sean how beautiful he is, at Sean Sheehan BA. Or if you want to get on to Graham and petition for the cancellation of this podcast to free up our Wednesday evenings and afternoons to a further extent, then you can do that at Severe MMA. Sean, I think it's only fitting. In order to finish the podcast off, we'll just say we'll leave it there. So 